us. We're on the dock with Pastor Troy here. We have got an incredible series going on here. You're going to love it, and we're all about getting you off this dock, but we want you to stay here long enough to hear this show. But when you're done, you can get off this dock, get out there, and do great things for God. We want you to get out of the shallows and into the deep. That's our heart for you. Hopefully, you're going to get that. I know you're going to get that. You're going to get fueled up today and ready to go. Find us on our platforms. You need to be watching us to get anything. So if you're watching us, you're here. But we have other partners. You better have other partners lined up because at any point in time with what we're saying in this episode, we could get kicked off of YouTube or Facebook easily. <laughs> so please make sure you find us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Also go to Google Podcasts, Facebook, just in case you better have Roku hooked up. Roku, download the SermonNet app, find the find the On the Dock with Pastor Troy channel, and get Rumble. Rumble's our big backup for YouTube. You never know. YouTube's crazy these days. So get the Rumble going, and you can always download the SermonNet app. It's a great app, great thing. You can always do that. So check us out on our social media partners as well, Facebook, Telegram, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can please, 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 please subscribe, hit like, notify, uh, whatever they call it on their channel, hit the thumbs up, do all those things and tell other people and share the shows with other people and stay involved. We got lots of good stuff on the dock here going on. And we want you to be one of our partners, be a Patreon partner. You can get one of these fine coffee cups here. I'll hold it up for, for Lucas here. There you go, Lucas. Good coffee cup here. Go get one of these. You, you want one of these? Go to onthedock.org, become a Patreon partner. Link over to Patreon or download the Patreon app and become a partner or sponsor. We'd love to have you. We'll send you one of those if you get all lined up. Finally, all of our stuff, go to onthedock.org. You can download and, and get linked to Patreon. You can get downloaded link to all of our platforms. You can also watch our viewer right there and watch it. So they take us off everything. We're still at on the doc.org. Go watch us right there. And you can email us at info at on the doc.org. If you got any questions now, we're in the next episode, part four of our life source church series. I fixed my spelling from part three. When I was introducing <laughs> this, I had through the eyes of the one closest and I had dropped the T and I got, I mean, both of the mothers of the church here tore into me <laughs> relentless. Brent didn't say a word. He's kind of cool. He kind of like, yeah, brother. Felt bad for you. Felt bad for me. <laughs> yeah, taking the beating and then, yeah. then, then mother Beth and mother Kara piled on. And it looked like, it just looked like it, like something out of a bad football game. <laughs> and I did not score. I got, I got sacked. Yeah. yeah. So I got on the set with me for this thing. We still have with us Pastor Brent Piles and his lovely bride, Mother Kara Piles, from Life Source Church in West Frankfurt. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Glad Good to, to have you guys here. Uh, we are ready to get going in this incredible, incredible discussion. So in this episode, let me back up. We're, we're going to talk about, let me, I'm going to put that slide back up. We, we got the through the eyes of the one closest. I What I... When I, when I started doing the pastoring in 2020 and beyond series, uh, we had Shane in to do that with Christchurch. Uh, we didn't get his wife, Melissa Bishop, in on that episode. I am going to get Melissa down here, get her online, get her on Zoom, and get her on the record. But one of my hopes and, and dreams was was to, in these pastoral segments, to get a time with the with the one closest to the pastor, and that's the spouse. And, and Mother Carrie, you happen to be that, and we've got Mother Beth in here today. So we are in trouble. We got two mothers. That's a bad deal. You know, it's like it's like double trouble. And we got two of them in here, but we wanted to take a time to focus a little bit more on you. It's not that Brent can't talk and say something. We'll, we 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 can speak up. We'll try to defend each other, brother. I got your back. And <laughs> right. I, I got your back. I got your back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the door is right there. You know. You know. I, <laughs> I'm older and slower, so that means you can get out first. I'll get the door open. <laughs> yeah, for you. use me as a sacrifice. You know, we'll clean this space. For there's you. two people in a bear coming. It gets the slowest. That's why I would hit you in the knee first. Yeah, in Jesus' name. All right. Yeah. So, so my 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 vision was was that with the spouses present, we can. There's no better window than to talk to you about. You know, because you sit next to Brent. You've been doing this for eight years at Life Source. Beth's been with me for 33 years of this. There is a, the one closest to you knows, they know what you look like before service and after service in the up and the down. They know that there is a cost to lead. You know what the cost to lead is. There's a huge cost to lead the people of God. And it's a, it's a joy to sacrifice. If you're called, it's a joy to make the sacrifice, but there's a cost and people, I want people to hear there are some costs so you can appreciate your pastors, appreciate your spiritual leaders and recognize that there is a sacrifice. It's given to the Lord, not to you, but you need to understand and respect that. It's like when David said, I want to drink a cool water and his top elite soldiers fought their way into Bethlehem to get that cold cup of water from that well. And they brought it back to him. And David took the water and said, I can't drink this because you men went and got this for me. And he poured it out as a gift to God because of who his men were. 
you know that the work of pastoring, there is a point, there, there's a sacrifice that's there. And, and, and to be honest with you, none of us mind pouring it out, but we want you to know to get there, there was a battle. Right. right. There were things, there were, there were sacrifices made in the family to our kids, to our friends, to, to my, I mean, gosh, I, I have a large family and they plan Christmas every year and we can't go. They call, call me and say, oh, we're doing the Christmas party on the Saturday before, you know, you get church Sunday morning. <laughs> Guys, I work for a living in the church. Right. Christmas is our biggest time of the year. I know you guys don't go, or, or if you are going to go, you're going to show up about right before the service. <laughs> but we can't be here, leave Memphis at midnight, get in at four in the morning, and then give our best the next morning. Right. So we just kind of checked out of those things. We didn't want to. We'd love to be there with the rest of the family, but Easter events, things like that, we just can't go. We, right. we, we just got to be fresh. So there is a sacrifice. We, we're not griping about it. It's just the cost of doing business. Right. There's also things that are blessings. Mm -hmm. There's things that... The cost to lead is, is costly, but you also get to be there for some special moments. Right. This, th this week in our life, we're gonna get, I get to stand and officiate the wedding of, of a sister in our church that's like, like family. She's like, a, she's like a young sister to me. And I get to do her wedding and her new husband, and it's going to be such a blessing for us to go and be a part of them, to be there through the counseling and to see their new family start, to be there for births. We had a miracle in the church just recently. A guy that I was called in, he was a dead man. He died. They brought him back, and then he was going to die again. He was so bad shape that they, when they called Barnes from Carbondale, they said, he's dead. We don't want him. And he's alive and doing well. Praise God! I was there for it. I was there. I mean, I was there in the t in the in the cath lab when we prayed for him at the end. Yeah. I, I I heard the testimony of the cath nurses coming up and tell him he's a miracle. And they want to know what church he goes to. Uh -huh. Well, we're a church that doesn't quit. Right. Come on. It does, even if he'd gone down the drain, we were all ready to understand it was well with his soul. Right. But, right. but that's a blessing to be there and see God come through. You right. get to you girls get to see some of that stuff, you know. And then lastly, there are things that I think would help us as pastors, but we can't say it. There's things that if people only knew, they might be able to give a little more room or understanding. And so they might not, sometimes we won't tell people, hey, by the way, it's my day off. You know, I'm exhausted. I haven't had one. You know, you can kind of help us see, maybe see some boundaries or some things people could do to make the life of pastoring better. Because I would say of all the people I started ministry with, there's well less than a third of us that are still in ministry after 32 years. Mm -hmm. And the ones that are in ministry, we're tough. We've been successful, good leaders. Not all of us have had the best boundaries, but we've had to build some to survive. Oh, yeah. So I wish I'd have done a lot of that sooner than I did. And um, so, But I'm just tough enough that I made it, and I'm getting better and better at that. But there's a lot of those things I wish I'd done better. So maybe there's some things we could help young people out there, young ministers, young families going into ministry grow through today. And so I want Kara and Beth to be our primary voices today. So, so Mother Kara... First of all, just tell me about your primary role when you when you work alongside uh, your husband, Pastor Brent. What are the things you do? Mo what what are your primary roles in leading in Life Source? Is it in front background? You have your own ministries. What are some of the things that you do as your primary role in leading? Well, <clears throat> like in the previous <laughs> sessions, um, fought it for three years. But uh, when I finally, you know, accepted and, and, and developed I my I fought role. the law and the law won. That's what, that's what came to my mind, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. And Jesus won. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he won. Explain, though, you're, you're a preacher's kid. Yes. So if they didn't watch this, you're right. PK. You had good reason for going, oh, no, I'm yes. not I'm not doing this like my mom had to do it. I did yes. this. Right, yeah, seeing everything she went you through. You weren't being rebellious because you hated the Lord. You loved the Lord. Oh, yeah. You absolutely. were being rebellious because you knew what the cost would be Yeah, yeah. To you, it wasn't, your it wasn't my spiritual walk at all. That was never affected in this, you know, my love for Jesus, my and souls, everything like that. But as far as pastoring, physically pastoring a church, I just wasn't up for it. At 100%. It's yeah. probably about a 2%. <laughs> <laughs> 2%. My wife has a, a little bit of a story like that because, you know, I wasn't a preacher when we met at all. And what's funny is, is, is it's interestingly, when we started dating and stuff and got real serious, I, I met her dad. The first time I shook her dad's hand, her dad was an elder in his church, leader in his church, just had a very good, pr prayerful, prophetic spirit. And when I shook his hand, the first time he looked at me, he says, you're going to be a preacher. I laughed at her dad. Mm. I said, no, nah, you're silly. You know, silly. You you got the wrong dude. I was running an insurance company and had no interest in preaching whatsoever. And it wasn't long before the Lord grabbed a hold of me. It was very soon after that the Lord grabbed a hold of me and called me into ministry. And so he uh, Harold Harold's with the Lord now, but he got the last laugh on that. Now I don't know if Beth is happy about that, but you know, it, it's where we are now. It's not where she started. Right. Right. Yeah. Are you mad about it, honey? No. No, you're not no, mad. You're okay about it. Yeah, you were in a PK though. 
No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, so so so, Karen, what what what? After you engaged, so I guess the first three years you were more support role to Brent. Yeah, I was more in the backgrounds. Yeah, you didn't stab him to death in his sleep no. at night or anything like that, did you? No, I was supportive for him. Were you Job's know. wife? Like you curse God and die, you. <laughs> no. no, you weren't that. You weren't that bad. You weren't no. that. Okay, good, good. I have known level. pastors' wives though that did that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, no, bad. Yeah. And I'm going to say up oh, front, yeah. uh, and Carrie, you wouldn't have scared me on that because when new people get called into the Lord, they come into my office and say, I feel a call in the ministry. The first thing I do is I give them a book called The Road to Ground Zero. Go back to my Fred Bishop. Uh, that's my spiritual mentors. That is episode seven, our first episode with a guest. And you'll see the book in that episode, The Road to Ground Zero. It talks about finding your ground zero from where you can start ministry. Right. And and when somebody comes into my office, I give them the book and tell them to go read it. I don't say anything else. I say, go read it, come back. Mm-hmm. When they come back, I go, if money were an object, time were an object, space were an object, what would you do if you could? And I'll listen to what they say. They say, I always want to be own my own restaurant, do, 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 do. And I'll say, okay, here's the deal. I want you to go do that and come back and talk to me later about ministry. Because until you're telling me it's the only thing I can do, I can do none other than that, that's one. Number two, is your wife on board? Right. If your wife's not on board, you go back and work on her and wait a little longer, Joseph. She'll get on board. Yeah, because this could be miserable if she's not. If she's not. You would not have stopped me from telling Brent to go forward, but I would have said, I would have said, I would have said, you know, be patient. Right. Be patient. It'll come. And right. So that, that turn for you, you shared mm-hmm. how that turned, mm-hmm. and, and you guys kind of did that together. Giant, you said Giant City? You yep. Right? When that turned? Mm-hmm. That's great. Yep. Yeah, so so it, what would have scared me, if they come in and tell me no, I'm not for this. He'll do that's his own job. I refuse to go any further with counseling or helping Absolutely. anybody going into ministry. Oh yeah, you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because now I, I do agree that a wife can take a, a spouse in these days can take a secondary role, but they've got to at least be best. Got to at least be my pastor. Right, right. and I that's what I've always done. I've always felt like you and the kids were my ministry. I've never been an upfront person in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I now that my kids are grown. She's leading all kinds of I'm things kinda, these days. You know, getting in there a little bit more, but it's not, you don't have to be involved in everything. You just have to Mm -hmm. be supportive. Right. Right. Yeah. Brent, one time, back on Father's Day, you know, when she says, well, I I said, you ought to preach for me on Father's Day. So she did, she did (laughs) one. It was, she, she didn't like it. It really, it was a very short message. She did a Mother's Day one Did you do it? Did great. Yeah. Well, she did Father's Day for me so I could enjoy it. Then the next year she didn't want to do it again. So she wrote it and said, you preach it, but I'll write it. (laughs) What was the hardest thing I ever did was. I was reading your sermon. I walked away to go give a point, and I thought, "Well, I don't write it. I don't know what I. I don't yeah, know what I was saying." That would be hard. I, I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? I read her sermon, like you know, and Beth says, you know, and, and I went away to give a point on something that I realized I didn't write this. I don't know what the point is. I'm just reading a script. Right. So I felt like a weather, a, a TV news anchor that yeah, just yeah. reads stuff didn't work. Teleprompter. So, yeah. So she's quit doing that since. Yeah. So, 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 tell me as we talk about this, you know. So your primary role of support, are you doing other things beside that this day after year three? Uh, you- the one, the main thing that I, I um, am trying, I mean, I can always improve on and I'm trying to improve on it is uh, focusing on the women in our church. That's good. I focus on encouraging them and for them to reach out to me when they need me as far as prayer or whatever. I try to do one-on-one stuff. Um, I try to, but I don't want to offend people at the same time so yeah I know how that is. Yeah, so yeah. um i try to do one-on-one stuff i pray i do meetings i do counselings with them um that's that's what i want my main ministry to right. be um i through covid i got a job and that got us through covid because with him being a barber he you know he wasn't able to work mm. so um my job and i loved it but i just recently a couple months ago quit it because not that it was it wasn't the problem. I was allow I was allowing it to be the problem, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, because it was preventing me from doing what my calling was, and I felt like it was hindering our calling, our right. walk. Mm-hmm. So a couple months ago, I quit it because I wasn't able to reach out to women. I was working from seven in the morning till five at night. Get off, go home, feed my kids, you know, feed him, spend some time with them, and I go to bed, start it all over again. I didn't have time. I didn't take breaks. Yeah. So I didn't have time to reach out to them, to reply back to them as quick as they, you know, would probably have liked or right. answered calls. So that's my main That's really good. Thing. I I I've been reflecting on that for for a few weeks on some things because I've been thinking about the role of pastors and their wives. If I were doing things over again today and were renegotiating my contract, 
I, I would contract in my wife more with the church up front because I, I did, don't anybody feel convicted about this. I understand not every church can have a pastor and a wife on staff. Right. And, and I realize you don't have the money for that and you may not believe God for it, but I do actually believe the work of the Levite family is to serve the church. And I think actually, if you commit to it, God would provide for it. Absolutely. So, so I think you need to have a, if I were redoing this today, I would, I would, and, and it may be something I do in the near future here, especially my wife now moving to the other side of the kids. But I think all the while that she still had that responsibility, I would be putting my wife on staff now. Not necessarily so she had to come a bunch of beatings, but because the role is involved so much of her time with oh, me, yeah. the visitation, the going to the hospital yeah. together, we count. First thing I recommend to any young pastor, young pastors do not counsel women alone. Right. right. I don't do it. Never have done it. Got a window in my office. Got a window in everybody's office door. Um, if it's a woman, my wife's present. The only time my wife's not present is she can't be present. And if she can't be present, I'll bring my secretary and she can sit down there. Or I've brought in other elders' wives before that are counselors and said, would you mind sitting right. in? Right. I just don't counsel women alone. I don't want them to think I'm the new caring husband. I'm not right. their husband. Right. I am not their husband. Right. I am paid to listen to you. And I care to listen to you, and I want to listen to you, but you need to don't confuse with me being a counselor for being a substitute. Right. So, and so I did that very early on. I've held those grounds, and that's been a blessing for us. Yeah. So, and, and people have never bucked me on it. I I didn't walk in this office here till they put a hole in that wall and put a window in. Ah, uh, we've had a couple of people say kind of be upset about it. Yeah. Well, a few people. You won't talk to me alone. Why do you have to have her here? <laughs> because she understands you better. She's going to let me know if you're lying. She didn't have to say a word, but I'll talk to her about it. You know, you know, yeah. she, because I, some women confuse me. The Bible says, let women counsel the women, right. you know? And, and so I can listen and give spiritual advice, but I can't always tell what's behind that. Yeah. Your discernment is, discernment is, great with is not always the best. Mm-hmm. Right. And my wife didn't have to be the primary in the conversation. I can be the primary, but I can say, what are you hearing, hon? Right. And what she can say is I'm hearing, you know, this, this, or that. I didn't even know that. We've she, people walked out to go to the bathroom. And I said, "You know what's going on here?" I said, "What? You're kidding!" You know, <laughs> come back in, call them out on it. And, you know, you find out that's the case. You know, right? Because we don't understand the ways of women necessarily. Yeah. And the Bible says we should separate that. So it doesn't mean I can't be a spiritual leader, but but I I've not violated that. So I think that's a that's a big help here. I think I think we need. If I were given advice, though, I would talk to Life Source Church. Put your put them both on staff. Up, up, up the pay a little bit. Make sure that the spouses don't have to go out and get a second job. Right. If you can do that, it will bless your church family greater. Yeah. Absolutely. Not just that they'll be available to you. It's that they're available as a family. Right. That's the key because there's a cost to lead. And if I were doing this all over again, I would change how I handle that. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely change how I handle that. Matter of fact, I may work on changing it very soon because I, I just find right now I'm I'm in I'm I'm a good leader now. And I'm a far better leader with my wife beside me. Absolutely. Right. Far better leader. And, and that needs to be recognized a little better in the church today. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, that was also part of my problem as well as, you know, having a job. It was a, it was affecting my walk personally. You come home exhausted. Then you got to then you, then you do all the church stuff and yeah. your family stuff. Right? Yeah. And then like uh, prayer and getting in the word. And I was doing that on the way to work. And you can't do that and focus while you're driving. No, you know, no. You I totally agree. I totally agree. That. And I just felt like it, you know, it. it I'll be raw and honest with you. I felt like it hurt me spiritually. Well, you couldn't have his back, let alone you couldn't have your own back, let alone his back. Right. And my wife has my back, but fortunately, I mean, Beth Beth had to work jobs a couple times in our marriage. She's had to go make donuts early in the morning and stuff. We've been fortunate that through our marriage, when I, you know, she's been able to work odd jobs at weird times, and so Mm -hmm. we didn't get unyoked. But gosh, with our travel overseas and stuff, she couldn't have maintained a job anyway. Right. So Mm -hmm. you're really missing out. So churches, if you're paying your pastor so poor. This is just me speaking. That you, his wife's having to work to support you. You need to come together and, and just repent of that because you know that's just not right. You need you need don't don't muzzle the ox and, and certainly don't keep the ox's wife busy. You know, get her put together. So I'm not picking on. I don't know what y'all's arrangement is. I'm just saying that's a coaching point. I think for a lot of churches out there. Right. What 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 as one closest to your husband, uh, mother care. What are the what are some of the big blessings you've got from being that 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 partner with him in leading church. What, what what's the brought you the greatest joy? The greatest joy is watching him. Wow! Watching, I mean, he's the spiritual leader of our home, and when he when he's on a like a spirit oh, sorry when he's like on a like a spiritual high, you know, when he's up here, yeah. I love his enthusiasm. His you know his just get up and go is. <laughs> 
his really his spiritual ADHD, <laughs> if you can Got say it. it like that. No, I think that's I've very always, good. Like I've that. always been so laid back and so uh-huh. go with the flow that he's actually bringing more energy out of me. Like it, it you know, it gives me the energy to want to do it. Right. You know? Right. I like that spiritual ADHD. <laughs> I've got it. Well, <laughs> the first time, the first, or yeah, the first time I went out with Troy, I went home and I thought, there, this is never going to work out because. <laughs> I would never be able to keep up with this guy. I mean, this right. guy, gee whiz, you know. Right. Well, exactly. here we go. <laughs> right, exactly. 32 years later. Right. Absolutely. I love it, though. I don't have to say a thing. He says it all, so it's okay. <laughs> I, I, just like, like I just like standing, not behind, not in front of. Beside, I like standing beside, beside him beside and yes. watching and, and doing it with him. I actually learn from him. Yeah. You know, and I, I love, I've learned a lot from him in the past seven, eight years. Yeah. As the one closest to your husband, I think that's really, that's a really good that you said that. I think it's fabulous. But let me go the other way. As the one closest to your husband, what, what are those costs to lead that you've seen that have been the most on your family, yourself, the cost to put him out there and to walk beside him? Where, where is the fire hit the hardest? Our home. Your home. Mm-hmm. Hits your home the hardest because our personal time and personal life as husband wife or or family you know as as us us four all together we I don't think people really do understand the sacrifices that you make and the time Mm -hmm. that when you call my my husband and he literally gets up from dinner because that's he well like you said he cares about you you know he's concerned about you he gets up from our our family time our dinner to make sure you're okay. Right. And I'm, you know, and. And I, then when you call and you're not, it's really, you didn't need to call right then. <laughs> it wasn't an emergency. It wasn't an emergency. Yeah. Right. yeah it wasn't an emergency. Right. It, it's kind of frustrating at that time. It I, is. I feel like that too. More, yeah. more of these try days. try not to take it personally, but yeah. Because yeah. it's like they don't care. It's some people, some people don't, I don't want to say they, there's some people that don't care what time of day it is, if it's important, if it's not, what they're taking him from. Because none of us mind right. getting up if it's that crisis. Right. right. Something's right. happened, heart attack somebody's died right. somebody's having a crisis right. moment right. we don't mind it. No. we all answer the bell i mean right. you know but but when it's not you need to ask yourself if you're out there would you want somebody to bother you in the dinner table would you want somebody to bother you after nine o'clock at night you know ten o'clock at night it, it, you know if you think yeah i would then make the call you know if you think it's that important that you would get up and go help a stranger help them then, then call but if it's something that can wait till the next morning and, and, and hell will not freeze over or heaven will not go away right. then, then, then 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 do it but it don't I think right. that's a big deal so so cost of family go ahead right and that's uh well yeah cost of family I mean that's why we've taken one day a week so we take our Mondays as our day off Me too. and that's our family day. That's for us. That's to focus on our kids because not only do I miss out on stuff, my kids do, yeah. you know, they miss out on things with their oh, dad. Yeah. So your Sabbath is really Monday. Our, we do our Sabbath and generally on Monday, except for yeah. this week again. Yeah. So every now and then we miss one this week cause we are going to be gone this week, a full day. So, mm-hmm. so we will change it if right every now right. and then we'll change it we'll substitute we're going out of town in a week right. you know we'll flip it to we've friday done yeah yeah, yeah. We've done that. we try to be i try to be and then when i get bad on it sometimes i have to go on a vacation come back say hey i'm gonna get back on this right you know right. that's important that you have a sabbath time guys we even though you're levites even the levites cycled around in the bible they had they go back to their villages take a week off take, take time off you know you, you need you need to take vacation you need to take times time of leave occasionally yeah. that's that, right. it's tough to do in a young two three year old church but as you where you're at now you're going to need to oh yeah hey one of the things that would be really important I don't know if this is a bonus for you guys you're going to be at your eight you're going to be coming to your 10 i find that churches when they move to your 10 start changing the texture of the church a bit they kind of move into they've become more established they've become a little bit for the long haul you, you may need a year nine and a half take an extended sabbatical and really do a walkabout and right. kind of say god what's the next 10 years look like because the next 10 years could be a different or higher calling or a different role of different mentoring capacity so so i would really encourage that we've tried to do sabbaticals about every 10 years intense 30 60 90 day sabbaticals where you get away and you just de-stress and and what you do is you make other people lead for those nine Mm-hmm. And when you come back, you don't take any of those jobs back, <laughs> right. you know, because it develops character, and then you step up above them. So, so that that's something that I think is important. It's a bonus, Kara. What, what? What? So, cost to lead to family, cost, cost, cost. The blessing is getting to be by your husband and getting to see just the success of ministry and the vision and the energy of ministry. So, let me ask one more thing. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one. If if I'm out there, I'm a member of a church. 
not necessarily going to life source, not going to community, but you're just out there. You're a Joe church person, uh, Mary church lady. And, and what are some things that you would love them to know about their, helping their pastor and their pastor's family be healthier, to be happier, to be more uh, better effective for them when they what were things that you'd like them to know if they only knew that like, like for example, calling during our dinner time, unless it's important, like really important, like life or death important, you know, or interrupting our day off, unless it's really, really important. What are some things that you would give advice to out there to kind of help people out? Things if they only knew, if they only knew. Oh, that he's. <laughs> yeah. If they only knew that how much this would help, if they could just respect this or you know, something that they, they just don't know. They just don't realize that, that, that really, that really, that really doesn't build the pastor. That really hurts the pastor. It's not, it's not good for the family. It's not good for the church. Well, yeah. <clears throat> I like what was stated earlier that he is a pastor. And I think some people take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, women do in general sometimes. Yeah. Um, no, you guys think so? Both of you, no. Beth, were you in on that too? I, <laughs> <laughs> I will admit that. <laughs> but some people confuse his compassion and his love for something a little more. A real God, they, they can, it's easy to confuse an agape love mm-hmm. or even a Philadelphia love, a brotherly love or an agape love of the, mm-hmm. of the family of God. Right. And, and and they can confuse that for going. This person, boy, he listens to me. Right. He he right. he he looks at me when I he he looks at me when I speak. Yeah. Oh, he could be like my next. You know, Kara's a beautiful mother. She could find somebody else. Brent would Brent. I mean, Kara's. I mean, she, look at her. She's I gorgeous. I almost feel like that has been stated before. No, 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 no. I've heard that from. I've heard that John three sixteen. The guy that holds up the end zone sign in the end zone used to have the the wig on, and he. He left his wife because he says, my wife's beautiful. She can find somebody else. And I'm out there doing this stuff. And, and I, you know, so I've heard people use justifications like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this guy's doing ministry, you know, so I think there's people out there that think that way, but, but they need to understand when we care and listen, that's because we care and listen, but that doesn't mean we're your spouse or your husband or your significant other by any means. That just means we're called to be there for you. There's a big difference in being called to be there for you and, and, and being your household. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do How do you, how would you help coach people on boundaries with that boundaries and and just understanding that? Well, as far as boundary goes, I think it kind of goes along with what you said earlier about not counseling, you know, and he's the same way he's careful with who he counsels and he makes sure that I'm there with him. So that doesn't cause confusion that they know that I'm always there. They're hearing all the details. There's no secrets here. Yes. We're not like, we're not like buddies, you know? Yeah. We're here professionally. We're here as a husband and wife to help you. Right. And there's, there's been an, uh, I mean, a a time or two where, you know, they got a little confused because, you know, they just, when, when they're not happy at home and they're going to their pastor for counseling and um, they just confuse it as there's a dumping nat- his caring for more than well, what it's there's was. Well, there, what yeah. happens is there there's a dependency switch from the dependency at home oh, yeah. to mm-hmm. the dependency on the one listening, right. which in this case would be the pastor. Right. And that and then there, then there becomes an unhealthy codependent relationship. Right. If that pastor were to exploit that or mm-hmm. or or that's where you get real problems right. or the person confuses their care for that and they transfer back their need at home on you. Mm-hmm. You may not even care. You're just listening and they think, well, he really cares. No, he doesn't. He cares, but he doesn't care like you think he cares. Right. You know, that's not what he's interested in. He's interested in you, your restoration of your home and your life right. and that, you know, I think that we call that transference and countertransference in ministry and, 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 and counseling. And it's easy to get those barriers broken down, but by having the spouse present when we do counseling, mm-hmm. it kind of breaks that bubble. And I have had people, well, I don't want to talk in front of her. I said, hey, you're going to need to talk in front of her. We're not talking about it. Right. 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 You know, whatever, Absolutely. if you've got something to say that she came here, this person sleeps next to me at night. I'm, I'd be whispering it anyway. You know, that's just ridiculous. I, it's not going to go past her. She doesn't gossip. She's not going to have it on social media. I promise you, your stuff's safer with her than me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so, and together we're going to give you the best opinion because right. you, what you need is to be whole and right. to be whole, you need a whole couple talking to you. I think yep. that right there is when you find out what their, what their spirit is really yeah. about. If they want to talk to you alone yeah. and not have me in the room, then that shows what their spirit really and is think, about and what they're after. And I yeah. think you need to not yeah. be scared, scared to put the brakes in. 
Right. Yeah. And I think people don't be offended by that. It's not personal. No. Every one of us can get in a time when we're hurt, we're wounded, mm-hmm. and, and we get in it. We lose a dependent person that is our dependent. We're, we're connected as husband and wife. And you can confuse with somebody that's trying to help you through that with, 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 with a replacement. We're not replacements. Right. We're coaches. Right. You know, yeah. we're, we're mentors. We're pastors. So I think right. that's very good is that make, make sure you keep boundaries uh, with that. Right. Um, how did COVID change the routine and the rhythm of your family, your church, what did you see biggest thing happen for you during the COVID change for you? During the COVID? Well, I don't, that's when I got a job. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Because the church. Yeah. Was, so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that was, I, I feel like I missed out on a lot during COVID myself. Yeah. Just, just, you know, being honest. I, I mean, I was there, I was supportive. I helped do, you know, whatever I needed to do to make the church ready for us to be able to stay open and, and all that. But, um, with me having worked that job, like I was, I missed out on, I missed out on. But don't you don't you think don't you think for you though the rhythm routine was you having to to press yourself thinner. You had to go to work to kind of support the family. Mm -hmm. The church needed support to get through this time. We're all going to have to dig in and work a little harder. You gave up a lot of family time. You gave up ministry, Mm -hmm. but yet you 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 really did it to get through ministry. Right. I think I took on more roles than what I normally do. Yeah. Um, with with working and and trying trying to encourage the women at the same time um mm-hmm. doing worship um and having to keep our because of covid having to keep it a small circle so only so many people could do so much at once so you felt like you were taking on more doing more i think you had said that earlier about having to go full you know full for full force ahead right you know and um full speed ahead but um yeah, I think that's just picking up the more picking up more roles and yeah. is what changed. I, I think the thing I see most is that I, I, I COVID worked us to death. We mm-hmm. worked harder and, and more hours and more intensity to, to get through things. You had to you had to create new ministry and then push it through. You know, you didn't have everybody around that you would normally have put all that ministry on, so you were having to drive things a little harder and, and yeah. you know everything that you're worrying about people being sick, you're worrying about people getting food, worrying about people, how they're going to keep their bills paid and, you know, being available as a church, making sure your church finances were solid and that you were able to hold above ground. I think a lot of people realize one of the things that Shane talked about in his series that we did on pastor beyond 2020 was that, that all of the pastors and churches are going to need a break. Staff is exhausted. Church is tired. So churches out there, if you're listening to this, make sure as we come through this COVID, we're getting back to normalcy. I think all of you need to get your pastors uh, a nice, vacation seven eight ten fifteen days i'm not talking about four or five days at branson i'm talking about seven ten fourteen days get them a vacation someplace cruise ship if they want to do it vacation antigua send them someplace where they can just put their feet in the sand and rest a little bit and and start dreaming about the things of god again i think the biggest thing we need to do is give our staff give our clergy a little bit of break we slowed things down here in in july although lucas and i and and the team here on the doctor worked a little bit harder when we're getting this thing going and 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 but we all are knowing that we need a break we need a breath and it's hard now because we're trying to reposition the kind of reposition for the future but as we come through that we're going to need to take a break Take some sabbaticals and some rest. Let me ask you, let's go a little deeper with both of you. These couple bonus questions here. We're in bonus time. So I'm going to see if I can get these out. Uh, Lucas, we'll see if we can get a few of these out here and kind of wrap up this series. But but what is, Brent, what is the ethos, the spirit that really you think defines your process at Life Church? What 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 is your process? What is your spirit? What what do you want to see happen in the life of somebody that walks in the door? Well, obviously we want to, you know, we want to see them overcome the challenges that you know, they're facing, I mean, we, we're dealing with people from every walk of life. So you're looking at, you know, coming out of criminal backgrounds, addiction, um, you know, poverty, uh, all kinds of different things. So we we're dealing with a, a mix of things because I, I don't want to just teach you a bunch of spiritual principles, but then your life is dysfunctional because we've seen where you have people that are very spiritual people, but because they still don't know how to manage their life, it always bleeds over and it affects um, their spiritual life. So our, our biggest uh, focus is obviously we want to we want to get people born again. That's that's 100% necessary, yeah. not just for this life, but for the life to come. But also, man, to help people learn how to function in life. Because it's great that you know how to come to church, clap, sing, and say amen. But if you still don't know how to manage a checkbook and you still don't know how to deal with each 
each other, you don't know how to function on a day-to-day basis, then you're going to make your spiritual life so much harder because you're still struggling with all these different issues in your life. So we're really trying to hit all ends of it, man, not just make you a spiritual individual, but also helping that spiritual life influence your day-to-day life so that way it all goes together. Because if not, then one of them are taking a hit. And, and that's what we probably see the most, man, is people that they come to church, they get, they're born again, they're having this great experience with God, but they're still going back to a dysfunctional lifestyle. Yeah. They're still going back to dysfunctional lives, and, and it eventually affects them spiritually. Yeah. It affects them in their walk with God. So we're trying to, we're just trying to hit everything, man, not just change how, what you do on Sundays, but what are you doing <laughs> Monday through Saturday? But that's discipleship. That's, that's that is true, discipleship. Just, that's that true yes. discipleship that really roots you in, so that's not just on Sunday your faith can walk. Yes, very, very well. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a a religion. It's not your. That's right. It's not separate from the rest of your life. It should affect all of your life. We don't worship a dead God. We worship a living God. We're preaching this each and every day, and we get planted. No, I think that's. We're preaching this hard at Life Source right now. That's That's our series right now. Yeah. So, so let's pull this together a little bit in a neat package here. Uh, What would you see of all of our discussions that we've had in this four-part series? What are those top, you know, maybe two or three spiritual needs or issues that we need to be most highly aware of as we go forward? What are, what are the areas that you see? Number one, I, I know you're saying to be better at disciple, to be rooted. I think that's, I mean, I think that's, I mean, I can't, I can't, I don't know how we go forward without saying that again. Right. <laughs> now I'm going to steal that. You need to quote me at that. <laughs> you know, when you preach that next week, you just say, Pastor Troy up at Community Faith said, we need to be rooted and all that. You need to quote me. <laughs> So what what are some of the other things, though, you think, just going forward, that top three spiritual needs or issues, getting rooted, uh, what else do you see coming up that we need to really dial in on? I think a lot of it branches from that, but um, I think getting very... uh, I don't know how it goes around that. Everything I'm saying, I feel like I'm using the word rooted. Um, I, I think that has everything to do with it. I think getting more... Uh, aware of your purpose and who you're supposed to be because Mm. um, even though I think that rooted is a big issue because it's what's going to bring you back because I think there's some people that had to have that necessary distance for whatever reason, but being rooted in Christ, being rooted in the church brought them back. Mm -hmm. But what does it matter if you keep coming back if you're still not understanding your purpose and that you're doing more than just coming to church? You're doing more than just saying, I'm a part of a church or a part of a body, but what is that body doing? Like, what are you actually doing and serving your purpose? Because we're not just going to church, we are the church. So what does the church do? And I think that is... Besides being rooted in discipleship, that's the other aspect of life source that I think grew and got better and stronger is we are so much more aware uh, and have a better sense of who we are. And and the pandemic brought that out of us at a greater level. We were already doing it, but the pandemic just magnified it. We are way more effective as a church. We're way more effective as a body. And I think that's something that we had to grow in and learn. And, And that is just knowing our purpose, knowing your function, knowing your assignment, knowing the lane that God's put you in. I think that was, you know, just so important along with being a disciple, you know, being discipled is knowing your purpose. Hmm. And I think that's one of the spiritual needs that we are continuing to teach, you know, coming out of this pandemic. Okay. I, I just did a run back through some of the things you've been saying and both of you guys. So one is if you were picking those top spiritual needs, issues, um, be better at discipleship, get, get people more rooted. Not that we've been yeah. bad at it, but more, more that, uh, you mentioned, I'm going to change the order on this. So th- my second would be with that increasing the intensity. Yes. You talked about intensity, the yeah. sifting, I think created a more intense church. The shaking has created a more, you know, you shake flour to get rid of the, the lumps and the bumps and get to the real flour. You mentioned that, that we, we, we way back you in there, it was good preaching. You said, uh, who has the body and who has a growth on the body? Mm-hmm. This sifting is going to shake off those growths and get rid of the stuff oh, yeah. that doesn't belong. Yeah. So we're going to have to have better discipleship. We're going to have to have in- the intensity is going to make us be sifted and shake. So we're going to be more effective is what you were saying. Oh, yeah. And I think uh-huh. that's key. And th- that leads to number three for me, and I got these a little bit of out of order. It, it leads to what you said in episode, uh, our, our episode on uh, changes in, since COVID. You said that we, we need to live with a bigger mandate of being the church. Yes. We need to figure out how to have 
take a bigger mandate because we're, we've yielded so much of our mandate to the government, to the to the oh, yeah. to, to, to the to the to the bureaucrats that we forgot who we are and whose mm-hmm. we are, and that our guy, that our God, our guy, is the King above all kings. Right. Right. You know, he doesn't answer to anybody. Right. He, right. he doesn't need to go. When you call in and you've got a problem, you don't have to say, can I speak to your supervisor? <laughs> can I speak to your supervisor, supervisor? When you talk to God, you're talking to highest the, the highest authority. Right. So I, a bigger mandate. Would you yes. agree? Oh, absolutely. And then out of your notes that I got was, then I love that last part, through the process, know your purpose and the lane you're in. Yes. I, I Know the lane you're in. And you guys are in a very good lane. Mm-hmm. You guys are in a lane that's highly needed in the body of Christ in your region, our region. To be honest with you, right now we don't have we have a one or two. We we don't do a lot of recovery ministry. We have people that have been in recovery. Mm-hmm. I almost refer all those people to other churches, and we have some churches that were doing a good job with that in this area, and they've kind of quit that. And I do know that uh, Cornerstones picked up their work in our area on recovery ministry. Awesome. Uh, Matt's there. He's one that used to be uh, chaplain at Shawnee. He's there, and he's doing some good work. I know you guys are. I would quickly if somebody came to this church that had a recovery issue, quickly refer them to Life Source Church. Yeah. I would have no problem sending to say, I need you to leave here and go up to Life Source at least until you get through this enough. Right. And then we'll transplant you back here down the road because right. you guys have a gift and an understanding of that. But this, I, I've never tried to be a pastor for people that I don't feel called to be, but I've also felt comfortable finding somebody that is. And you guys have a great niche and a great mm-hmm. lane. And, and, and I love your idea there. I especially like the idea that you guys of being uh, the mission you have of being the body of Christ so that in the absence your city would grieve. I love right. that. And I love the concept that your goal is to, to, to find the issues of your community, transform them through the people, and that the church is responsible for the things that, that we have in our community, like the poor, the orphaned, right. and the hungry. I love that. So knowing your purpose and getting in your lane. So let me re- repeat these. Better, at, better discipleship being rooted and grounded. You agree? Absolutely. Number two, intensity. Let the yes. sifting do something in us. Let it make us stronger. All right. Yes. And then we we got a bigger mandate. If you're sifted stronger, you can take on a bigger mandate. Absolutely. And finally, get in your lane, know your purpose, and and move down the road. We certainly need that in the community of faith. Mm-hmm. Let, let me ask one last question. This will wrap up the series. And uh, we're, we're, I think this is a good one. But uh, Pastor Brent and Mother Care, what are, just for you two, just real quick, what are one or two maybe of these core pastoral truths that have led and guided you you two as a couple in ministry, through the highs, through the lows. And if you were training a young couple, if a young couple came to your, if some dude walked into your barbershop and said, you know, I'm thinking about starting a church or I'm thinking about going to ministry, and, and, and you got a chance to sit down and cut his hair, and you had a chance to give him a couple pieces of advice, you two, you had a young young mother of the church, what would be those one or two highest recommendations? Your your one or two at three most, your top. Don't Don't leave the dock without this in your bag. What do you think? Well, in, in my case, um, as far as if he had a spouse, <laughs> I definitely would want to encourage her to be supportive of him and that what is his is yours. Mm-hmm. So if it's his calling, it is your calling. So um, you may not have married into it <laughs> knowing that that was going to be your calling, but if, if God chooses him, God knew we were going to be together anyway. Right. So if he knew... See the sovereignty of it, God in this whole thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You fought the law yes. and the law won. Yeah. God won. Good. Yes. That's very good. Thank you. So number one, be supportive of the call as a couple. Mm-hmm. Number two, you got another one? Yeah, I would definitely say make sure you have a strong covering. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes people get mad where they're at. So they think, well, I'll go start my own church and you're, you're starting off on the wrong foot. You're starting Absolutely. off in failure. So I would say, man, I would figure out why are you starting it? Really make sure you know why you're doing this. Know it's from the Lord. Know God's leading you and, and make sure your motives and your spirit's correct. Because if you're starting off injured and wounded and you're just doing this to, to just get away because you think you can do it better, you're going to find out the hard way. And I, I would say make sure you secure your motive, but, man, just have a strong covering. Don't do it on your own. Don't yeah. don't feel like you, you're the only one that can figure this out and, and you're the only one can do it right, so you're going to go and do it. And maybe take the time. Maybe you need to back up and pay some dues. We talked yeah. about this one that you got to pay some dues to be in ministry. And so yeah. what you're saying is you need to be faithful first where you are. Oh, absolutely. Don't move out of pain. Absolutely. And if you're in pain but you feel the call, work through the pain first right. so that oh, you leave yeah. w- with a blessing. Yes, Shake the dust, not shake the dust off in a negative way. Leave with a blessing from the house. Leave in honor. And, and, and if, you, if you can't do that right now, maybe it's not time yet. That's right. 
You know, Joseph right. got a vision, and it took a lot of time. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, too many people want to just jump right off the dock, and they're not—they <laughs> don't know how to swim yet. Not even ready. And uh, I love that. Secure your motive. Yeah. Why are you leaving right now? Right. Yeah. It, you may just because you got the call doesn't mean you got to go now. Why right. right now? So, so you got be supportive of the call as a couple. Make sure you have a strong covering, and and that means you need to be faithful first where you are, and then and not leaving out of pain and right. secure your motive. In, in, any other last words? I think that, well, I think that's our, our series that he's been teaching on is honor. Mm. So if you're going, if you feel that that's your calling, like he said, you do it right, you leave in a right way, you do it honorably, mm -hmm. because God doesn't bless something that's not honorable. So if you, if you want what you're doing and what you believe is your calling to be blessed and to grow, then you just do it with honor. Right. Yeah. Don't leave in... Like he said, in I, I think that is so yeah. true. And yeah. there, there's a real good book. Uh, what is it called? The Three King, Three Kings book that they yeah. have. It's an old book where it talks about Absalom, Solomon, and Saul, oh, and yeah. it talks about how to do things right. You can, you can, you know, you can be an Absalom, you can be a Saul, you can be a David. Mm -hmm. Go read that book. It's an old book. It's a good book. When you have problems, you don't want to be an Absalom pulling people out of a church and stuff like that. That's oh, not no. the way to do it. No. There's a way to you know, there's a way to daughter a church and send people out with a blessing, and there's oh, a way God. to destroy a church. Oh, yeah. We don't need that in the kingdom. Yeah. Right. I, I want to close with this because I, I think what you said at the very end is if you feel it, it's do it honorably. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a great teaching right now, Brent. When we, when we got ready to leave the Methodist church, we, we left in good standing. I could go back tomorrow. I, I wouldn't, but I could, because there's a letter in my file that says he left in good standing. Right. We, we really searched the Lord. We took time. And when we got ready to go, it actually leaked out that we were thinking about it before we had made the final decision, honestly. And we had, we, my DS called all mad about it. Like, mm -hmm. I hear you're leaving. I said, actually, I'm thinking about it, but I haven't made that decision. And I just got back from vacation. I was going to schedule an appointment for you for on Tuesday. He said, well, you need to get over here now. You know, so I went over there now to meet with him and I went through the whole thing. He said, well, that's fine. And he said, he's, and I said, well, you know, I've, I've got a meeting scheduled with the bishop. So I went into our bishop's office and I said, you know, Bishop Palmer, uh, Beth and I have really spent some time in discernment. We think God's calling us to leave. Our heart is kind of leaving from here. But I'm your chair of evangelism. I'm a pastor here. I, I was ordained by you. I promised when I was ordained that I would serve at your will as my bishop. I'm prepared to stay if you tell me I have to stay. But I can't promise you my heart will be in it, but I will do my very best. And, yeah. and he said, well, that'll be good enough. Your best is great. He said, let me go in here and get you a better job. The cabinet's meeting. We'll get you double pay. We'll get you a three times bigger church. We'll get you this or this and that. And I said, I'm not here to hold you hostage for money. We're, we're here because God's called us to something else. Right. And if you tell me I'm going to stay, my wife and I are going to put our, we're going to put our pants on or big boy panties on, and we're going to go back to the church and we're going to do our very best. And we believe God will honor that. Right. And we will do that. But right. what we really like to do is I'd like you to release me if you would be willing to. Right. And, uh, I got done with that conversation with him. My wife and I are in his office, and Bishop Palmer said, you know, I've been a bishop for 15 years. I've been a pastor, a DS, for 20 of that. And then, you know, you're the first pastor to ever walk in my office and ask permission to leave. Mostly they come in and tell me to go stick it where the sun don't shine, yeah. and they tell me, take this job and shove it and go yeah. to H-E double hockey sticks. Mm. He said, you've come in and actually said you're willing to serve. And I said, I'm really serious. I mean, we'll keep serving if you want us to serve. But our heart is into the, what we want to do here. And he says, you know, I'm going to re release you. He said, and here's the deal. I'm going to put a letter in your file. If you ever want to come back, you just call me. And if I'm not the bishop here, wherever I'm at, I'll get you a job. Because to do it right, to do it honorably, you've done that. Yeah. Right. And he signed my credentials. and they, really, they used to take them and just shred them. And he said, he went old school. He signed the back of them and handed them to me. Mm -hmm. And he said, when you left, you left in good standing. And then he said, I said, well, Bishop, I knelt down. I was I was ordained by a bishop, and I took the vows in front of a bishop. Um, I need that release. He said, well, kneel down at this altar. Mm -hmm. And he lifted his hands up off me. And you do things right. You leave with respect, mm -hmm. and then That's God opens everything. new doors. Yes. Right. It's all about it. He yeah. said I was the first person in his entire ministry to come in and leave appropriately. Right. Wow. I think there's a season for everything. Yeah. And when you, when you finish a season in one place and you can't grow anymore, then sometimes it is time to be released and go on. If you right. can't get what you need in that area, then you need to go where you can. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think the rule of thumb here is don't be scared right. to do things right. 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 Yeah. And don't be scared right. to, to do things maybe even boldly, mm -hmm. but do it respectfully and humbly. Right. And I, I think you guys do it honorably. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's a, I think what you guys have given there, 
uh, it's just very powerful. Be supportive of the call as a couple. Make sure you have a strong covering. Make sure you've been faithful first where you've been planted and work out of there in due season. It may take you a little more time. Maybe you got to do things right. Maybe you need need to be coached. And then make sure your motive is secure. You're leaving for the right reasons. And lastly, if you feel that you're, 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 thing to do do it honorably do it the right way yeah mm-hmm. guys I, it's been a pleasure to have you guys at on the dock just been a pleasure been Don't you think, mother Beth? Oh, yeah, it, what, what you're offering people is great i hope you enjoy it guys you guys up at life source church you have a fine fine pastor and mother of your church and you guys are blessed if you ever do anything wrong to them we're going to drag them down to community faith church <laughs> and they can have the church here we'll retire so so y'all be real nice to these guys they are lovely people and i hope you enjoy their leadership and we want you to continue to work with us at on the dock find us at on the dock.org you can email us at info at on the dock.org if you want to know where these guys go to church email us we'll tell you where they are you can go go to church with them and then uh, we'd love to have you on our podcast platforms youtube facebook and uh, uh facebook uh, I'm sorry, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, Google Podcasts, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. And reach out and comment to us at Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Let us know what you liked. Share share shout outs and things like that. And make sure you share, uh, subscribe, hit notify, like on the podcast. And make sure you get this out to other people because I think what they've shared, a lot of people need to know. We'd always love to have you as a Patreon partner. Go to On the Dock with Pastor Troy at Patreon. Become one of our partners or sponsors. And as always, we'd love to have you at Community Faith Church. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock, Wednesdays at 6.30. We'd love to have have you at our community of faith. If you want to check us out, you can go watch us on TV at coftv.com. That is not a substitute for coming to see us. It's a big difference, but you can check it out. And you can always check us out on our Facebook or YouTube platforms as well. We'd love to have you. Brent, one last time, tell people how to find you at LifeSource. All right. We are at 1011 East 6th Street. We're in West Frankfort, Illinois. Uh, we've got services at, at uh, on Sundays at 1130. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, 11:30 on Sundays, we do have a free cafe from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and all of that's free. There's there's uh, donuts, pastries in there for you, and then worship and word 11:30. And of course Thursdays at seven o'clock, and then we have a free meal from five to 6:30, and that's a free hot meal. It's a full dinner, and uh, so if you're running a little bit late and you don't think you're going to be able to have dinner at home, come early, meet with us, and come right into service, and I promise you, you will not regret it. Fantastic, guys. Brent, Kara, it's been a pleasure, Mother Beth. Guys, it's been great. It's been great. It's been great. Hope you've enjoyed it. We've been glad glad to have you for this entire Life Source Church series. Go check out the whole series. I know it's great. Look out for other series we got coming up real soon. And we look forward to seeing you around on the dock.